Matthew 16, 13. Somebody looked at the notes there and said, we're going to be here a long time. But uh, hopefully not too long. Uh, thank God we have, we have time today, praise God, to be in the presence of the Lord and let him do what he wants us to do. But we're not going to look up all these scriptures. But the reason I gave this uh, to you is because I'd like to ask you to take this insert and use it as a guide for prayer for your church. And both in your, you know, in your uh, personal prayer time, your quiet time, uh, in your family time of prayer, in your small groups, uh, in the church here as we pray. These are Bible verses that tell us how to pray for God's people and God's work. And so we won't have time to you know, open them all up and dig deeply into them, but you can do this in your private time. You can uh, study them, meditate on them, and then pray these scriptures forth. And I have learned that it's so powerful to use the scripture when you pray. You know, sometimes we try to reap a harvest in prayer without sowing the seed of the word of God. God uses his word as the method to give us power to bring change in the earth. And, and so we need to sow the seed if we want to harvest, and God's word is the seed. So I've learned that by praying God's word, we have power and authority that we would not have any other way. Uh, just an example, just yesterday, Susan and I went through a trial, just a situation that came at us early in the day. Uh, we might say an attack of the enemy. And it was one of those where I think maybe you've experienced it. It was just like something hits you in the heart. Have you had that happen? <laughs> Knocks you off balance, and it has the potential to ruin your day and ruin your week and mess your life up. But as I was thinking about it, the Lord brought to mind a scripture, and I just shared it with Susan, you know, and, and then she had another scripture. She didn't like my scripture real well, but <laughs> she had another scripture. And so then we prayed, and we used those scriptures. And, and we just prayed that God would turn things around because he has the ability to do that, you know. And uh, then as we were driving to a, to a family event, then someone sent Susan a another scripture, which we also used in prayer. And, you know, the whole thing turned completely around. We had victory and joy. And thank God for the victory, you know. See, the Lord has given us the tools, but we have to use them. Sometimes we think, well, things didn't work out. I guess God didn't want them to work out. No, God has given us the tools, the keys of the kingdom, amen, to, to have victory and to be his army in this earth. And so the keys are all in the word of God. So I encourage you to use the word of God. Take these scriptures, take these prayer points, and use them in your personal prayer time. And when you get done, start over and do it again. And you'll get this word in your heart. And then when you pray again, when you have a need, then the sword of the spirit is ready to go to work. The, the Lord says, use the sword of the spirit, which is what? The word of God. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. But it has to be in our heart, amen? So when you pray uh, the word of God, there's so much power. And uh, it gets it inside of you. You know, I have never really tried to memorize scriptures, but a lot of times they just keep pouring out. It's because I prayed them. And that's when you get your spirit involved and your mind and your heart, and, and uh, it, it just really produces power in your life. Can I have an amen today? 
So let's look at, uh, to begin with here, in Matthew 16, uh, beginning in the 13th verse. It says, When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Verse 15. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? That's a good question. You know, it's not really as important what your neighbor thinks about Jesus as what you think about Jesus. Or what Aunt Martha thinks about Jesus or your family. or what. It's what do you think about Jesus? Who do you think Jesus is? I've learned from traveling to India that the Hindus believe that Jesus is the healing God. Now, they have thousands of other ones, but they believe Jesus is the healing God. So that's really a great key to reaching Hindus because we can preach Jesus the healer and then we can lead them to Jesus the Savior. Uh, I was just reading last night that the Muslims see Jesus as a healer. <laughs> that's one of his trademarks. It's obvious he's a healer. Amen? And that's good to know that, but that's not enough. Amen? There's, there's more to it. So Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, the one that was apt to speak out most often, answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. I believe Jesus got excited when his disciple, Peter, knew who he was. He had a revelation. Jesus said, you didn't get this from man. It didn't come from a human uh, person, a human being. It came from my Father in heaven. The Holy Spirit has revealed to you that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. And you have confessed it with your mouth. And you know, that's such an important thing that we come to that point where we believe in what Jesus has done for us on that cross and we turn our lives to him and accept him as our Lord and Savior. As said in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if you confess with your mouth, with your mouth, everybody say with your mouth. No. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we can pray a prayer based on that scripture that will translate us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and totally change our eternal destiny. And see, this is essentially what Peter did. He recognized Jesus as the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Christ, the one who come, has come to save us. And Jesus got so excited about this, he said, this, this didn't come from man. God has shown you. The Father has shown you this. And he was so happy about it. Now, I want you to notice here, then what he says in verse 18, he says, And I say also unto thee, all right, Unto thee, the one who had this revelation, the one who confessed that I am Christ, I am the Messiah, the Son of the living God, I say to thee. Some, I know that this has been taught that this is especially for Peter. You know, he was the special uh, number one leader of the church, you know, the, the, the first pope and so forth. But in reality, he was talking in, essentially about what had happened in Peter's heart that he had recognized Jesus as the Messiah. And he says, I say unto thee, so you can take this for you. If you're a believer in Christ, take this for you today. I say unto you, 
that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's victory. I give you victory. The Lord says, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Sometimes we may feel defeated. We may look at the news and feel defeated. We may look at what's going on in the church and feel defeated, but Jesus said, my church wins. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Hallelujah. And then he goes on to tell how his church will defeat the enemy. I give unto thee the keys. The key, everybody say the keys. I give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He says, hey, you have authority to bind and to loose. I give you the keys. And the keys are in this book. The keys that he has given you are in the word of God. Jesus said, I give you the keys. Amen. Thank God for keys. I know, uh, you know, uh, a couple months ago, I lost my keys. And uh, we, were, we were getting ready to go somewhere. And so we thought, well, we'll just use Susan's keys. You know, she has keys. But, you know, there's something about it when you lose your keys. And so we spent about two or three hours looking for those keys. And, you know, when we found them, you know where they were? They were right where I left them. Uh, I actually had laid down on the couch with my keys in the pocket. They slipped out, and they were down on the couch. We had checked the couch three or four times, but finally we found them in the couch. And uh, thank God I had my keys. You got to have your keys, amen. You got to have your keys. You could have a 400 horsepower motor, uh, automobile out here, but if you don't have the keys, you're not going anywhere. Is that right, amen? And you also have to know how to use the keys, and you have to put them in the ignition and turn it on, or if you have the other kind, you have to, you know, at least have them in the car and push the button. You've got to have the keys, amen? And you've got to use the keys. Can I have an amen today? Amen. So it's very, very important. Jesus said, I give you the keys, you can bind, and you can loose. Well, that might be a little foreign to us, you know, bind and loose. But another way of saying it is you can lock and you can unlock, all right? With keys, you can lock and you can unlock. So the things that the devil is doing, those are the things we want to lock. Can I have an amen? amen? And the thing that the Lord wants to do in the earth, we want to unlock. We want to loose. We want, we want to allow. See, another way to say it is whatever you don't allow won't be allowed. Whatever you do allow will be allowed. And we have a lot of questions about what God allows, right? And I don't have all the answers to that, but I see uh, something here that's very interesting because a lot of times what people say God allowed is something that people allowed. Hello? And, and it goes back to the beginning when the Lord uh, made Adam and Eve, when he made mankind, and he said, I give you dominion. I give you, you know, he never took that back. We have dominion. We have the right to make a choice. But then mankind sold out to Satan and began to rebel against God and follow Satan's will. And that's why we have an awful lot of problems in this world. So we say, well, why, why does God allow murder or rape or, you know, destruction or war? 
is not that God allowed, it's that man allows. Man has allowed Satan to have his way, and that's why we have many problems. So God says, I'm going to send my son to make a difference. I'm going to change people's hearts. I'm going to forgive their sins. I'm going to change their hearts. I'm going to put their holy, my Holy Spirit in them, and then I'm going to give them authority Amen. to bind and to loose so things can change. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. <laughs> that's good. And that's what we have the authority to do, but we need to, we need to know it, and we need to use it. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen. So we have uh, three different areas we want to pray for our church. First of all, pray for the believers in the church. You know, the believers in the church are the church. It's not the building. Praise God. It doesn't matter if we meet in a, in a, a mall or building with a steeple, the church is, is the people, right? The, the word church means uh, called out assembly. It's all the people that have come out of darkness or come out of the world system and decided to make Jesus the Lord of their lives. That is the church. It can be uh, the church in, among vineyard churches or it can be the church among Lutheran people or whatever. It's, it's not about a denomination. It's about Jesus, that's why I like that song so much, In the Name of Jesus. Yeah, I mean, thank God for the vineyard. Thank God for our ministry or whatever the name of our church is. I'm not putting that down, but I'm saying it's the church is Jesus' people. It's Jesus' church. And um, so we pray for the believers in our church. Second of all, we pray for the outreach of our church because Jesus said, his last words were to us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Or in Matthew, he says, go and make disciples. So this is our mission. Amen. So if, we, if we're only about what we do here and with one another, then we're really missing it. So we need to pray for the outreach of our church that we would fulfill what the Lord wants us to do, which is to reach the lost and those that are out of, out of the way for him. And then the third point I have here is to pray for the pastor of our church. And we're going to see how important that is because as God has given someone responsibility uh, and authority, then, you know, they become a target for the enemy. But through prayer, we can stop that completely, see. And we need to. And we need to pray for our pastor and his family uh, so that he'll be successful in his ministry, and so he'll be able to minister to us, and so the church can be strong and, and fulfill its mission. Can I have an amen? amen. So under the area of plain, praying for the uh, believers in our church, I've made several points here and some scriptures along with it. First of all, that we would honor the Father in heaven and do his will. And then I've referenced the Lord's Prayer in uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus was asked how to pray, and he told his disciples, pray this way. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. It's a kingdom prayer. To the Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed means holy or to be venerated. You know, this is really number one. It's one of the big things, I believe, for us is to learn to reverence the holy and almighty God for who he really is. Because then things come into perspective. We understand 
how powerful he is, how holy he is, and where we fit into his scheme. And the fact, the fact that he is this great, big, holy, mighty, awesome God is our Father. And I tell you what, just that, just that word will give you so much power in prayer. Because I'm, our, our daddy cares about us. Amen. Our father uh, delights to give us the kingdom. And so then he said that we should pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know, first of all, in us. The first principle, really, of the kingdom is submission to the king. And that's where, that's where we, you know, derive our authority is by being under his authority. We need to live according to his wishes, not our own, amen, and to please him. So we should pray, Father, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in your people at Two Rivers Vineyard Church. And then in Ephesians chapter 1, he has a prayer here. Now, this is Paul's prayer, and there's several prayers that Paul prays in Ephesians. There's two in Ephesians, there's, and there's others in the other epistles. And uh, Ephesians 1 uh, he's praying for God's people at Ephesus, which is really, in essence, Paul was praying a prayer for a local church. And, and the prayer was that God would give the people a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Let's just pray it. I'll just pray it just to give you an example of what I'm talking about, praying the word. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the people of Two Rivers Vineyard Church. I thank you, that, Lord, that they have faith they have your love in their hearts. And Lord, I pray that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened, Lord, that we might know the hope of your calling and the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe, according to the working of that mighty power which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in the world to come, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Lord, I thank you that you are filling the earth with your glory through your body and through the people of Two Rivers Vineyard Church. And I thank you, Lord, that we are seated together with you in heavenly places, and that we operate in that authority and we exercise it. In Jesus' name I pray. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. So that's how you take the word, see, and pray that. You may not, you know, always pray word for word, but you pray the gist of it. But it's good to start out praying word for word. And then you get that scripture in your heart so it's ready. The sword's ready when you have a need. Okay? All right, then the other prayer he has in, in Ephesians is that the church would be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. It says in Ephesians 3, that you might be strengthened by might by his spirit in the inner man. How do we get strength? Is it by going to the gym and working out like we've been trying to do? Or you, Susan's been doing real good. I'm just starting. But spiritually we get strength by the Holy Spirit imparting that strength. So Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus that they would be strengthened by might. So pray for your brothers and sisters and yourself that you would be strengthened by might by a spirit in the inner man that Christ would dwell in your heart by faith 
and that you'd be rooted and grounded in love. That means that you'd comprehend. We can really only begin to comprehend his love for us, but as the more we comprehend his love, the more we're empowered. And uh, that we would comprehend with all the saints the length, the breadth, depth, height, and the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. Isn't that amazing? That, that he wants us filled with all the fullness of God. And he says, now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. According to the power that what? Works in us. You know, we have the power, we have the authority, we have the inheritance. The thing is, we need to recognize it and receive it and walk in the light of it. Amen? So pray for the church. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for every believer. You know, it's interesting that in the New Testament, I mean, God's heart is really for the lost. You can see that in the, you know, the parables in, in Luke 15. But there's really a lot more prayers in the New Testament for the believers than there is for the lost. Because it's so important to pray for people in the church. Because, you see, we're the ones that are going to reach the lost. We're the ones that are going to make the difference in the world. So we need to pray. It doesn't come automatically just because we're born again. We need prayer. And that was Paul. He was, had this heart for the church, and he was praying. There's, so these prayers are spirit-anointed, God-directed prayers. These are the kinds of prayers that you know will work. See, when we pray God's word... We're praying in line with his will. And the scripture says, you know, that if you, uh, if you pray anything according to his will, he hears you. And if he hears you, you have the petitions that you've asked of him. And also another thing about these prayers, these are the kinds of prayers we need to continually pray. This, it's not a one-time prayer. We need to continually pray for revelation for the church and strength for the church. And as it says in Philippians, that, that we would grow in love. Amen. And we would glorify God. And then also pray for the church for uh, healing and divine protection. Psalm 91. I love praying Psalm 91 for my family and for the church. We, we need God's shadow to be over us. Amen. His shadow of protection and his divine healing. 3 John 2, I gave uh, Pastor Pastor David that scripture because I believe this is what God's will is for him. I wish above all things... It says in the King James, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So I'm believing not only for him to be healed, but also to have health. There's a difference, amen? amen. We need health for him, amen, and for all of us. And prosper because, you know, it's, it's very important for all of us to have this, and it's God's will. We can See, we can pray these things because we know they're God's will. We don't have to debate and say, well, I don't know if God wants me to prosper. Maybe he wants me sick, you know. Well, the Bible said, you know, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health. I'm getting blank stares. Well, it's the truth anyway. God says, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And so there again, the key is for our soul to prosper, you know, and then this will be manifested in our life as well. And then uh, another good prayer for our church is that we would walk in unity in our church and in our families. And we reference the scripture in Jesus' prayer in, in John 17, where he said, Father, I would that they would all be one, as you and I are one, that they may be one. 
For what reason? That the world might know that you sent me. So you see through unity in the church, he says you're going to reach the world. Hallelujah. So pray for unity in the church and, and give yourself to unity in the church. And, and the same thing in, in the family. We reference the scriptures in Ephesians 5 for the family, which interesting, interestingly starts with uh, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord, submitting yourselves one to another uh, in the fear of God. So it starts with being filled with God's Spirit. Amen. And not being filled with alcohol because uh, that's one of the biggest problems in families is alcohol abuse. <laughs> Just a little uh, sideline for you there. But it's the truth. You know, pray that we would be filled with the Spirit and uh, speaking uh, songs and hymns and spiritual songs. All right, second thing is pray for the outreach of our church. You know, Jesus, it says in Matthew 9, was ministering, going from village to si village to village and city, preaching and teaching and healing. And it said, when he saw the multitudes, he had compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers to the harvest. You know, Jesus in his ministry on this earth, I mean, it was so powerful. I, mean, I get excited every time I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, see what he did, the things that he did. But yet he realized his own limitations in a physical body. He could only reach so many people. So he told his disciples, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers to these scattered sheep out here. So that's a good way for us to pray that God would send laborers and that we would be laborers to the harvest. And then 1 Timothy 2, that people would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. This is a verse that I prayed I went into evangelistic ministry back in uh, 2005, and I prayed this scripture for about a year before. And that's the one where it says that we're to pray for all men and those that are in authority, that we might live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness. For this is good and acceptable to God our Savior. You know, the Bible says that it's good and acceptable for us to live uh, in quietness and peace. And then he says who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. So when you pray that and you meditate that, you know, and you think about that and you begin to pray according to the Father's will, who will have all men to be saved? Father, I, I pray that the people of Mankato would be saved people of this region, the people of the United States, the people of the world would be saved, Lord. That's your will. Because there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. They cannot be saved through some false religion. It's not enough just to believe something. You have to believe in the cross. You have to believe in his death, burial, resurrection. You have to accept. You have to embrace Jesus as your Lord and Savior to be saved. See? So that... <laughs> That motivates us, you know. If we begin to understand that, it bursts that compassion in us. Uh, it's not automatic. Just because you're born again doesn't mean you automatically have compassion for the lost. But when you pray, according to the scriptures, you will. You will. Hallelujah. And then pray that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you shall receive power. 
when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be, what, witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So you'll be witnesses in Mankato, Minnesota, the United States, and the uttermost parts of the earth, including Rwanda. We have an outreach going in Rwanda. We have a missionary. Thank God for that. So pray that we would be filled with the Spirit to be his witnesses. There's so much power in that. That, that would be a good sermon subject sometime. All right, and then finally, uh, that we would be bold and God would stretch forth his hand to heal in the name of his holy child, Jesus. This one, I, I would like to take a minute just to look at this in Acts chapter 4, because I think there's something for us here as a church. Acts chapter 4, in the area of united prayer, united prayer. Acts chapter 4. This is when... You know, the, uh, Peter and John went down to the temple at the hour of prayer and, and uh, raised up the lame man at the gate. Beautiful. Remember, uh, Pastor David preached that the first time he was here as pastor. And this is, this is what God wants to do, miracles. But when they did that, then there was persecution. So don't think just because you're doing everything right, there's not going to be persecution. But persecution came on the church, and they threatened them and after the religious leaders let them go, they came back to the church, to the church. You know, when we have troubles, the church is a good place to go. That we can find strength and unity, that we can come together and pray for one another. And it says in Acts chapter 4, verse 23, it says, And being let go, they went to their own company, to the church, their own company. We need that like-minded fellowship, see? And reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. Very interesting thought there. They, I take that to mean the whole church, lifted up their voice to one, to one, in one accord, to God in one accord. And in the King James here it says, their voice, singular. So apparently God heard it as one voice, even though many people were speaking. And I looked in the Greek, and it seemed to me it's voice, singular word there. But at any rate, there was a united prayer here. We're typically, when we have prayer in church or in a Bible study, you know, when one person prays and the others listen, you know, and at the end maybe some people say amen. But apparently there was something very, very potent and powerful going on in here. There was a cry coming out, you know, from the church in prayer. I was talking to Susan about this and just thinking about, you know, when have we experienced that? And the best we could think about is uh, a missions conference that we go to in Shell Lake, Wisconsin each year. And from time to time during that conference, you know, there'll be an emergency prayer call that'll come in from a missionary or someone, maybe a pastor that's friend to that church or some, somebody that's from the church itself. Just an emergency need, whether it's health or something that's going on in the country. And then the group that's there, which are missionaries and pastors and zealous believers, will begin to cry out to God. And yeah, somebody's probably leading, you know, up front, and has maybe the loudest voice, but others are crying out too. Yes, Lord. Amen. And they're, they're saying, you know, something out of their heart as they're inspired by the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, people are praying uh, in the Spirit, you know, at the same time. And, and it's not chaotic or confusion or 
out of order, you know, but it's different than we're used to, right? I mean, but whew, there's a roar. There's a power there. And, and so there's something there to learn, I think, about united prayer. And then it's in verse, verse 25, who by thy mouth, the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? So I want you to see they reference the word of God here in their prayer. And, and in this situation, you see, and in our, many of our situations, we can be confused about certain circumstances, things that happen, but they had a stability. They were standing on the rock because they knew what the scripture said. Uh, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? This is normal. You know, so it brought stability. See, the word brings stability when you're going through trouble, folks. And so they referenced the word of God there. It said, the kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. And I like to give the alternate incorrect version and say, behold their threatenings and help your servants to hide out while this trouble's going on. No, thank God they didn't pray that. They said, grant unto your servants that with boldness they would speak your word. And Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal in the name, in the name of your holy child Jesus. And God got so happy when, the place, when they had prayed, the place was shaken. I was in here one day and it shook. We had, a, we had an earthquake in Mankato a few months ago. <laughs> but it shook. The place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with what? Boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things that they possessed were, was his own, but they had all things common. They were together. And I believe this is what God wants to do today. Bring us together around him. Amen. You're getting too excited. Well, it's okay. I like being excited for Jesus. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. And it was shortly after this that we read that Peter's shadow was healing people as he walked down the street. And, you know, sometimes we hear about ministers that are doing these mighty works and God's using them and healing miracles and things like that. And we think, gee, they've really got a hotline with God, you know. But you see here that it was the whole church that was praying. The whole church was praying for boldness and the whole church was praying for healing. They were all on the same page, yes. see. And, and the Holy Spirit moved on them and they were united. And then we just see a whole... Another release of miracles. I mean, think of it. You know, just walk, walk down the street and people get healed. That's pretty powerful. So pray for our outreach. The final thing I have here is pray for the pastor of our church. That the church may prevail against the enemy as we hold up the arms of our pastor and his family. There's a story, you know, in Exodus chapter 17 where Israel was 
fighting the enemy, the Amalekites. That was uh, 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 from the grandson of Esau. And they were the enemies of the Lord. And Moses sent Joshua out to fight with them. And he said, I'll stand up on the hill and I'll hold the rod of God. The rod of God represented Moses' authority, which he had been given by God as the leader of that congregation. And he held, his, he held up the rod, you know, and as long as he had the rod up, the congregation or the army prevailed. Now, see, today we're not fighting physical battles. We're fighting spiritual battles. We fight not against flesh and blood, but against you know, principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness. But the principle is the same. And so as long as Moses held up his, this rod, the armies of Israel prevailed. But he got tired. You know, folks, being a pastor, it, it's not as easy as you think. You know, we only, pastors only work an hour a week, you know. That's what people say. No, it's challenging. I mean, you've got responsibilities. You've got a lot of weights on you. You've got a lot of opinions to deal with. You know, it's, it's challenging. And you can get tired. But so Moses' arms got tired. Every time his arms came down, the enemy started winning. I see, I see the Amalekites there. That's a symbol of Satan. So here comes Aaron and Hur. Aaron was the one that was made high priest, and Hur was a, like an administrative leader, as I understand it. And they held his arms up, and they got the victory. So folks, <laughs> we've got to hold up our pastor and his family's arms. We've got to pray for them. Amen. See, see that he has a responsibility to pray for us, but we also have a responsibility to pray for him. Amen. And it's a, it's a synergistic effect. We pray for one another, and power is released. Can I have an amen? amen? And so then, also that our pastor might open his mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. You know, Ephesians 6, that's where it says, Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, and fight not against flesh and blood. Put on the whole armor of God. Uh, it says, pray, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit uh, for the saints. And then in verse 19, Paul says, And for me. Paul asked for prayer for me, for himself. It's not selfish. He knew that he needed the prayers of God's people. And for me, Paul says, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. That's a good prayer to pray for your pastor. Amen? And then Ephesians 4.11 says that he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. See, we're the ministers, the pastors to equip us to do the ministry. And the other ministries, too, they're all important. So we need to pray that he would be empowered to equip us. And then, finally there, that God's people would esteem our, pastly high, our pastor highly in love for his work's sake. The Bible said we should do that. He said, know them that labor among you and are over you in the Lord and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Usually when I preach that, I say not for their, the, the kind of ties they wear, but our pastor doesn't wear a tie, so can't pray that one. But you know, what it's saying there is we're not to esteem them highly because we like their style of ministry or the kind of shoes they wear or if, if his wife can play piano or not. You know, It's that... This man's doing the work of the Lord. 
Uh, and so if you esteem him, if you respect him, you're respecting the Lord. You know. So we should do that. We should pray that, that we would do that. Praise God. How many got something out of that today? <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. So uh, what I was thinking we could do before we, uh, we're going to have the worship team come in just a minute, but uh, I, I'd like to ask the, if the church council would come and, uh, and their spouses and just stand with me in prayer. We're going to pray for our church and, and pray for uh, our pastor. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Reuniting, folks. Amen. And I'm going to ask Shannon if you'll come and we can pray for you. And you can stand in for your husband, too. Just stand here in front of us and we'll pray for you. And so let's just begin to pray. I've got a microphone here if you guys, somewhere we do. If you guys have something to chime in, grab the microphone and pray. See, maybe some of you want to come on the other side here and just close in a little closer. We're getting tight here. Physical represents the. Now you stand the other way. We're going to pray for you. We're praying for you. You just relax. Okay? So I'll just begin, and as the Lord leads you, you know, you guys uh, can also pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for the opportunity to be part of a local church. And we do pray, Lord, for every believer and every person that's part of this church, or even those that have been. Thank you, Lord, for, I think now of uh, Brian and Andrea, what a blessing they, they have been in this community, too. And we thank you for them. We thank you for the work of God in this place, Lord. And we thank you for your great love. And we do ask you to do the things that we talked about today in our church, to bless and edify and strengthen the believers, Lord, and, and uh, send us forward in our outreach to reach this world for you. So, Lord, today we just pray in the name of Jesus for our pastor. He's in the hospital, but he's coming out, in Jesus' name. Getting strong in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we just, we just hold up his arms, and we hold up Shannon's arms today. And we just thank you. Praise God. Just hold those arms up, ladies. Hold them up. Praise God. We hold their arms up in the spirit, Lord. We thank you for strengthening them, encouraging them. Lord, we just, we just help them with the ministry that you've given them in this place. We thank you, Lord. We do esteem them highly. And we respect and thank you for sending them here, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that David would open his mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. We thank you, Father God, for enabling him, Lord, to build up the church that we can do the work of the ministry and fulfill our calling as a church, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of serving you. We thank you, Lord, that Pastor David is a, a man of God among us and walks in strength and authority and power. And he uses the gifts that have been given him and the authority that he's been given for edification of your people. And to help us, Lord, to reach uh, this world for you and the power of the Holy Spirit. We, Lord, we pray that you'd help us to be unified around, first of all, around you, Lord, but also around the leader that you've given us, Lord. Thank you for your blessing, Father. Thank you for your encouragement, Lord. We do pray 
Pastor David and his family would prosper and be in health. We thank you for healing him and restoring him and strengthening him and leading him forward in health. We thank you for supplying all their needs. We thank you, Lord, for meeting the needs of any medical bills, Lord. We just put that in your hands today as a congregation. We just trust you to meet that need, Lord, that whatever there is, I have no idea. But, Lord, we thank you. It's not too big for you to handle. And we just thank you for supplying all that need according to your riches and glory. By Christ Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. More teachings, podcasts, and reports are on our website at tomshanklin.org. You can also reach us by mail at Tom Shanklin Ministries, Post Office Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota, 56002, USA.